Thank you. And welcome everyone to the last in our series of Harvest Blessings. I They say you save the best to last. So I'm just letting you know that ahead of time. <laughs> no, no digressing from my other beautiful presenters, Rich Chef, <laughs> Angelica. How are you both? Very good, Padre. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is going to be an exciting evening. I think the Holy Spirit has something up her sleeves. So, mm -hmm. and it almost got changed. I go, no, 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 not this afternoon. I don't want it to change. <laughs> but I held out. I won that invitation. <laughs> so I'm going to actually, what I found this afternoon, what the Holy Spirit inspired me to write down, I'm going to use that for our healing retreat in November. So make sure you sign up for it because I know I'll have a, a wonderful explanation and a teaching that I think will help all of us grow in our, in, the, in our understanding of who the creative one creator is for us and not against us. So looking forward to it. So Rick, last week, I love your presentation. It was just, it was out of this world. You were very clear, you were very personal, and you just kind of revealed a lot of who you were in that. And your topic was unwanted harvest. And it's like, we're coming up with this election in a couple of days. And some, some group is going to get an unwanted harvest, don't you think? Yeah. Yes. So how do you and your interpretation then take that for the millions that might be disappointed? What, do, what would you say to that crowd? And we don't know who that is going to be. So we'll all be surprised. Mm. All of them. Mm. Well, now my very humanness comes out. Because <laughs> I, I know who I want to win. And anyone who doesn't want that person to win, I think is just plain wrong. Right. And, and now I have to go, oh, how do we be with the unwanted harvest? And how do we embrace those who are experiencing an unwanted harvest at that time? And my prayer through this time has been for awakening. Mm an awakening for everyone in our nation, awakening into our oneness with each other, yeah. awakening into the light and love of God, awakening into the flowering of the heart in compassion and forgiveness. And that's when I'm really enlightened. And then I go to the next step and I say, and I really am praying for, want to win the election. I made a comment to one of my my community members or a, a client to try to break that down, just this little discussion about the, the voting that's going to go on. God has given us free choice, so we can choose which candidate we want. But the second part of that equation is that God guides the footsteps, meaning God is in control of this election. So whether it's positioning us or it's his total will, and either way, we're still going to have to pray. We're still have to go around the Holy Spirit, regardless of your candidate wins or not. So nothing really changes except here into here. And ultimately that's our goal every day is to bring that presence into our lives. So whatever, if it's positive or negative, we can have, not control, we can have a peace that passes all and deal with what is. So, but I love your presentation, Rick. That was perfectly set up in the spirit. So thank you for sharing that. Angelica, 
How are yes. you doing tonight? I am really, really well. <laughs> good. You look yeah. good. You look yeah. good. Yeah. Is the uh, smoke kind of dissipated in your area? Yes, it has. We just need some rain desperately. But, ah, okay. Yeah. We'll pray for that tonight. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. Or our great, list. great. You had the opening for our series and it was all about the heart of the harvest. And so mm -hmm. what you taught us was some beautiful techniques that to me calms my body, my mm -hmm. emotions. So we can actually get to the heart of what really matters. And that's the heart of the divine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so this week, have you been challenged by doing your own work on yourself or the environment? It was more challenging in terms of everything is happening all at the same time. And mm -hmm. so I noticed some anxiety about not getting everything done in the time I need to get it done. And yeah. then I realized, oh, that is a pattern too. And I can welcome that just as our divine welcomes everything in a healing orientation. Mm -hmm. And I can welcome yeah. even that anxiety about time and not getting it all done. I can welcome every single thing with utter compassion. And with the unwanted harvest, what I do is I say to myself, I do not know. I do not have the bigger picture. So even if the, the candidate wins that most of us might not wish, but even then, I do not know what that's good for, but I trust more than I've ever trusted in my life that the divine knows what is to unfold on this planet. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think you speak for all of us. Yeah. or and desire that that wish that desire is if we can come to that conclusion and every single day doesn't matter if it's we're voting for a president or a mayor mm -hmm. or letting someone come into our home a new member usually well we'll see if they agree or disagree whatever yeah. whether it's an argument at work doesn't matter mm -hmm. we really go within we will get the answer and to me that's always about the peace and yes. once we have that, we got everything. So yes. with that said, could I have Rick, would you open up with prayer for us tonight and make it a good one? <laughs> no, no pressure, pressure. Padre. No pressure. <laughs> Dearest God, we turn to you. We open to you. Come. We invite you in to this moment, into our community, into our hearts, into our souls, into our very being. We say yes to you, God. And we say yes to our intention for tonight which is to multiply your harvest. It is not our harvest. We release our egos. We release our attachments. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your harvest. We say yes to our ever-existent oneness with you and with all. And we pray for everyone, everyone with whom we share this precious planet, healing for all, awakening for all, 
guidance from the highest possible sources for all, and that we evolve in accordance with your will throughout this lifetime and beyond. Amen. Amen. Well, my friend, you were reading my script in your prayer. <laughs> Well, the Holy Spirit must have wrote it. <laughs> it came through for you and also Angelica. So, but it's been a delight sharing the platform with Rick and also Angelica. We're all part of this Celebrating Life community. And we hope you've been enjoying it. Please write us, let us know your feelings. We've been getting these testimonies, which I just love. So it gives us wonderful feedback on how we can continue to open up to this divine presence. And for me, the topic tonight for me is multiply your harvest. And it's like, well, what does that mean? And so I'm going to give you some, a little bit of quotes that I'm going to go through and hopefully explain what does multiply the harvest mean, at least for me. For me, is a harvest is something we already have. It's, it's there. It's, 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 God has already provided everything for us. He sends his love. He breathed into us new life. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And everything we have is actually came from the divine. So with that, now we have the harvest, but how do we multiply it? And if you don't, if you don't have a big harvest, we'll be looking to how can I multiply this? How can I double it? How can I position myself to be in God's presence so his presence, her presence can go before us and actually open an, another pathway to your finances, to relation to a new job, whatever it might be. These are qualities that when we enter, I call it the mystic path. When we enter into that mystery, we begin to let go or give away what we have. And all of a sudden it's the sea planet for the next. So I'm going to be sharing some of these, this, these types of realities. At least it happened in my life. And my hope and blessing is going to happen in your life starting today or forever. So so to me, it's what are we going to learn? We're going to learn to recognize God's blessing in every situation. And I liked how Angelica and Rick mentioned that in the beginning, regardless of the outcome of the, the voting, regardless of what you're looking for, what you're seeking for, that if it comes, wonderful. If it doesn't come, well, thanks be to God, God is present with me. Because it's all about his peace, his guidance. And ultimately, once we go there, we have everything. So... For me, it's the Deuteronomy 26, and I love it. It says, when thou hast made an end of tithing for all the tithings of thy increase, the third year, which is the year of tithing, hasn't given into the Levites, the stranger of the fatherless, the widows, that we may eat within the gates and be filled. So one of the keys to multiply your harvest in my world, and Ron Roth taught me this, early on in our ministry, for me personally. It's about giving a tenth of your, what God has already given you. And the way he described it was, God has given everything that you have, whether it's your finances, your spouse, your children, your home, your job, your breath, everything is God's. So he was saying, well, God just asked that 10% come back to him, to the, the, the harvest in a sense, and to give it away. And that was a strange concept because I never heard that before growing up Catholic. I mean, we always gave in the offering, but there wasn't like a percentage because, and when I first heard that, I go, well, that's a lot of money <laughs> for me personally. 
uh, grow up on a farm, you always heard, well, we were poor when we grow up. And actually our family was since I had 12 siblings and they all kind of came at once. So there were many expenses. And to give you a little idea how, how poor we were, I hate to use that term, my two oldest sisters, Kathy and Joan, they both wore gunny sacks on their feet because we, they, when they outgrew their shoes, we didn't have money for that. So that's how they went to school. So thank God I was in the seventh one in the, in the pack. So I had a little better than they did. But I just know just by the culture of farming in itself and raising a large family, there wasn't a lot of revenue, let's put it that way, only trusting God for the harvest, which means our corn, our soybeans, the cows, the chickens, the strawberries. We did everything to try to maintain a level of income so we could all survive. And my parents being on the farm, they harvested our corn, our soy, soybeans. We had green beans, we had potatoes, strawberries. And so mom canned all of those. And I remember it's like, do we have to eat that again? <laughs> I wanted some store-bought things, but it was all, all fresh. It was organic because we grew it on the farm. But I didn't understand what that was back then. But we actually had a very good, healthy upbringing because of that. And dirt always came in very handy. <laughs> Whatever was on the vegetable, we just ate. I mean, it was just, it's the way we actually did things. Leviticus 23, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the feast of the Lord. You shall proclaim the holy conversation. Then these are my feast. And what he's talking about is, it also talks about the, the bring the sheaves to the, the first grain to the priest or the rabbi, however it was. Again, honoring what God has already provided for them. And when they give an offering in the Jewish tradition, it was always their best, their best lamb, their best goat, their best harvest. It wasn't the, well, this is my spare. It's actually what you actually had that was the best because you're offering it back to God, honoring God that says, you provide it, you are my great I am. You're my provider and I just want to honor you. So what they would do is offer that to the rabbi and they would offer it in the temple. Nowadays, that interpretation would be wherever you're getting spiritually fed, celebrating life is a container of that. And we have many members of Celebrating Life who tithe regularly, monthly, to our community. But we also, there's, you can tithe to your organization, your, your group, or to the poor, wherever it is. But you're actually taking what God has given you and actually providing it to, for another service for other people. And it's a, what I would call your 10%, your tithe is actually a seed for your next harvest. And Ron Ross always taught that, you know, if you plant petunias, don't expect to get a cow in return. You'll get petunias because the seed will generate what you give. So if you give money, you will get money back. I just say back. It's just, it will come in that form. If you invest your time, 10% of your time, you're going to get more time for other things. So it helped me build a consciousness of being aware of what I have personally, and then how can I disperse it so it blesses? And I'm a, I've been a tither probably 40 years. And I'm grateful to Ron and he taught me that. Our ministry tithes always as part of our makeup. And, and we give to all these organizations, whether it's to the Red Cross, to the, there's many churches, organizations, World Health, multiple. When the tornadoes come, when the hurricanes come, we're there, the fires in California. 
we donated last year, there was a church that actually, this whole town basically got wiped out. And there was a pastor there, and he wanted to give $1,000 to every family for in that church that had their church burned out or their house burned out. And we donated towards that. We're always giving, and we're always seeing where the need is and planning that. And of course, we, for the food pantries and helping people out, we have a lot of people who need help just getting on these calls. And so we provide that also. So it is about keep planting the seeds. And it took a while for me to grasp a hold of that. But I also know what it has created in me. And to me, it's really a huge heart. And part of the, for me, the tithing, a personal key is once I recognize God's given me 100% of what I have. And if I give 10% back planting seed for another harvest, a blessing other people, but also know God is faithful, that he will multiply that. And there was one point in my life, I started out working after high school. I didn't go to college, so I just got a job. And I, I remember buying a new house, a house, not new, but buying my first house, and I bought a new car. And I didn't have beans after I paid those payments. I had, I think, like $25 for my food for the week. So I was really limited. You can tell I'm a little more, got more money in the bank now. <laughs> I'm a little more bigger, but back then I was thin. But I remember praying to God because I didn't have any spending money. So during the winter time, I was so happy when it snowed so I could go to my neighbors and I could shovel their driveways and I get $5. So that would be my spending money throughout the week was that $5 or if it's 10, if another one came through. So to realize once I learned the principle of tithing, something happened, something was created. Now, I don't know how many of you are, are have a debt in your life, whether it's a loan, paying off the house, kids, whatever that might be. But with God, he wants to, he provides everything. So he actually has ideas, wisdom that can position you to get out of debt and then to be a blessing to other people. Well, if you look at the, the word debt, D-E-B-T, D is doing, E is everything, B is but, T is tithing, <laughs> doing everything but tithing. Once you learn the key of being a blessing to others, God takes those seeds and continues to multiply that. And I've been debt-free for 40 years. So I'm very grateful to God how he's been faithful. Like all of us, we say, we position ourselves, we make wise decisions. But in the end, I remember when I was first in ministry, I didn't know how I was going to make a living, number one and get a, a savings account and also have a, who was going to take care of me? You know, Ron wasn't around. And Ron always says, if you make me a success, God will make you a success. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the best part of this one. And, but I put all my marbles into supporting his mission. And to this day, I'm very grateful that I did because what he said, it was a promise. It was a decree, but it came back 100 fold in my life. And it's not just because of Ron, it's because God was the source. And he was teaching me, put God first, put others first, and everything else will be added. That's what the scripture says. I think everybody knows this quote. Um, Jesus, the disciples, they were following Jesus, and it was getting dark. And the disciples told Jesus, hey, Jesus, tell the crowd to go away because go to the other towns because they need food. We don't have anything. And he goes, you feed them. And it's like, what? You know, 
okay. And they went around and they asked and there was, they collected five loaves and two fishes. And I love this, this one of the first miracles of Jesus because it talks about, he looked up, he took it in his hands, he looked up and gave thanks. His, his father was the source, just as Jesus is the source for you and I. So he recognized he went to the father first. We go to the father, we go to the creator, say, God, thank you for what I have and we'll bless it. There's the decree, there's the multiplication. He blessed it. And then it said he gave it to the disciples. And how many were there? There were 12. And so once they start dispersing this, there were 5,000 people here that was just men. And then there was women and children besides. So there could be possibly 15,000 people there feeding with five loaves and two fishes. The miracle happened when the disciples broke it, break it, give it away. And so as they were giving it away, it was multiplying. And it says in the end, they collected 12 baskets full and, and everybody was full. And that's an incredible gift. And can your mind imagine if you would be asked to do that, to bless something and multiply it? I had, a I had a story, it was before, I think a year before I met Ron and Ron was running a house of prayer for the diocese and he would give workshops on Saturdays and they gave a prayer workshop and you were supposed to sign up because it served a meal and the word got out and people were coming but they weren't signed up for it. So he, he started to get nervous because he knew let's say what their cutoff point was, let's say 25 people and what, 50 or 60 people showed up. So they didn't account for that. So he was freaking out, I could just imagine. And he was telling the prayer group and the cooks downstairs, oh my God, all these people are coming and we won't have food. And then the head cook said, Father Ron, he said, let's pray. And they go, oh, she goes, let me pray. So she, they held hands, they just decreed God will multiply it. And then he, the lady says, Father, you go back upstairs and you teach, don't worry about it. Well, when it came time for the lunch, and they said everyone was filled and they got seconds. And Ron was just dumbfounded. He goes, if this was a multiplication, and she, what did you do? He said, asked the lady, the head cook, and she goes, I had faith, just as you're teaching it upstairs. We showed what God can do. And it was through God's favor, everybody was fed. And then there was leftovers. That was a big thing. Ron wanted leftovers. So he wanted to be determined. He had it. And God provided his need. And I'm sure you have a story that each of you have in your own life that really takes effects in how God can multiply things. And sometimes it can be the strangest things. So I'm going to invite Angelica and Rick back. And I'm going to ask them the question. Can you remember a time when you needed something to either finish a project, a goal, something you were making, but it seemed impossible because you didn't have the tools for that. How about you, Angelica? Do you have a story on that? Yeah, I have a pretty different kind of a story. I, it was in 2013, I wanted to have a kayak. And because I had a small car, I wanted an inflatable kayak. And oh, wow. it was these Hobie inflatable kayaks, which have a foot pedal. They are pretty amazing. And they were really too expensive. And so the next thing I knew, a friend of mine offered me a Hobie inflatable kayak that she no longer needed. So I was all happy and I took it home and I unpacked it. And it happened to have 12 
rat holes of this size through all the compartments, mm -hmm. through all the fabric, the vinyl. And I contacted the company, Hobie, to see, send them pictures to see if that could be repaired. And they said no. So then I sent the pictures to another specialized company and they said, no, it can't be repa repaired. You need to throw it away. And I said, no, I'm not accepting that answer. I need some divine inspiration. And so the next thing I'm ordering this special vinyl fabric and glue. Nick loans me his garage to work in. And for seven days straight, I am gluing and patching this boat impossible it was impossible and everybody said it's impossible but i knew that with god with the inspiration from god it was possible and at the end i wrote on the boat phoenix hobie patch kit 2013 <laughs> <laughs> and it was very symbolic because at the time i still had a really broken heart and I really felt a lack of, of love and support in the way that I wanted it. And I thought I needed it. And I thought it would make me happy. That good old stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that state of mind. Yeah. Yes. And so the boat was in a way a reflection of my brokenness and how I, was, I felt impossibly broken. But as I patched these holes in the boat and I just knew that there was something greater than my mind and then that feeling of hopelessness, I was also patching my own heart. And to this day, I have an inflatable kayak that little Phoenix patch kit is still with me. And once in a while we go out cruising on the lake and it is better for me than a new boat would have been because this boat is was repaired through divine inspiration and grace and wow, my beautiful. heart same same way my heart was wow. repaired by divine inspiration and grace wow well yeah. we never took that boat out remember you took me to this river we didn't yes. take that boat out <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story though angelica i love that because there's intervention you know yeah like you yeah. had this thing, well, then I'm going to do it. I don't know how, but through the inspiration. And there was creator just yeah. making a way. I yes. love that. Beautiful. I did too. <laughs> Thank you, Angelica. How about okay. you, Brother Rick? I have two different types of stories to share. One is what's been going on right now in my work life and my home life, but especially my work life. I look ahead to the work that needs to get done and I have no idea how it's going to get done. And I just go, not of me, through me, I need your help. And it somehow gets done. I, I, I don't get it. it. There's not enough hours in the day. There's not enough time. And, and even I was in, in a crunch time a, a few weeks ago and I was supposed to present all day one day and I got just sick enough that because of COVID-19, I had to call them and say, you know, I got this throat, I got this thing and a little bit. And they said, no, you shouldn't come. So they canceled, which opened up a window for me to then do the work I needed to do. And wow. I never got that sick, but that, that's sort of the mundane, but at a very different level, I've shared this story in, in parts with, with you and with the community. There are two times when my father was really in need. And I went to visit him once in December. It was about six months after my mother had died. And 
when I arrived to visit him, I realized he could not live alone. So deteriorated. And I got there like on a Sunday for a, a two-day visit. And it was like, oh my gosh, you're unsafe. And I ended up able to move what I was supposed to do for work. So I didn't have to fly out when I did. Had to find him a place to live. Pack him up, find a moving company, get him moved in, found the place, got him moved in by Friday. Friday night till two in the morning, I'm setting him up. Sunday, Saturday morning, he's launched and in his new home. And it's, it was like, I have no idea how all that happened. But I was in the flow. And then five months later is when he attempted suicide. Mm. And I got the call. And the place we had moved him to said, I'm sorry, he can't live here. He's, he's attempted suicide. He's a bad influence on the rest of the residents here. And he's a liability for us. So you have to find him another place to live. And I had to get him out of the hospital. I, and, and that's when we did that, that evening tele-session on prayer. And I was just, everything happened. I, this Someone recommended this place and this person showed up and and, and when I went to say why we were there and held my breath, a simple question was, have you taken away all the sharps? I said, yes. I said, okay, next question. And they welcomed him in. And by the time, again, Friday night, we moved him in. Sat, I'm, I'm, I'm setting him up again. Saturday morning, I'm leaving and I'm saying goodbye and, and the, the director of, of activities there, this beautiful, beautiful light of a woman, said, he'll be fine here. We're going to love on him. He will have 20 wives in the next few months. And then she said, my father, who is a passionate atheist all his life, still is, she said to me, and everyone on the staff gets together every morning and we pray before we start work. And my father is living out the last days of his life, cared for by people who pray every morning. Wow. And my prayer has always been that he passed in a time and a manner that's in the highest and best for each and for all. I could never have imagined it would be like this. Wow. Those are extraordinary miracles in our desperation we do turn to God and to our shock some of the times, it does work out. And it's the whole thing about us letting go and relying on creator to do the miracle that we're actually looking at. And we don't even know how it was going to happen. I had no idea how it was going to happen. I had to just say, I'm in prayer, please help and just do what's right in front of me. Wow, that is beautiful stories, both Angelica and yours. And each of you, you have your own story or multiple stories of those. And it's just being in remembrance of that. To me, that's a seed. So whenever we are in, quote, desperation or looking for a miracle or a way out, whatever that is, pausing and allowing those testimonies to come forth, because that's the seed for the next miracle. So, and it's about we trust in our creator. And what a beautiful thing, which multiplies our harvest, because what we have in our hands is not enough. And Rick and Angelica proved those two testimonies in surrendering and then 
One of them was an activation. Okay, Angelica, you do it. You, Rick, you listen. People said, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? There's the Holy Spirit. There's the angels directing the path. And we're just letting go and go, okay, okay, okay. And all of a sudden, your father's in a perfect place. Wow. You couldn't even imagine or created that. So love these stories. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Doesn't that get you a little bit moving? You know, I love it says the same God that made the rain also gave you your name. So everything works together for good for those that love God. And to me, I love these type of songs because it inspires me. Sometimes we can be in a little oppression, depression. And when you put on a song like that, your spirit remembers. And all of a sudden, now you're incongruent with the atmosphere around us as you are now. So I could see people dancing or twirling their little hands or fingers, but I just know it touched your heart. And the whole idea is that's the multiplication of your harvest because now your spirit is excited. Now your spirit is moving forward and leaning into the field of all possibilities. And to me, that's where the miracles happen, positioning ourselves to receive. I remember way back when I was a little lad, <laughs> I think it was maybe early, late teens or early 20s. And I, would, I had a, attended at age 18, a, a boys retreat. And that retreat actually had a, it was to encounter Christ, the Holy Spirit, which I never knew. I heard about it, but never had that experience. And for me, it did have the idea of um, experiencing God. And during that retreat, I would call I was born again. This liquid love just came all over me. And trust me, when I went on this retreat, I was a good old germ. It's like, I'm not going to enjoy this. I don't care what my parents say, because they took me out of state. <laughs> they knew I'd run away if I was close, <laughs> little stubborn little kid. And so I was determined not to enjoy it. But the very end, when we're saying goodbye, all of a sudden, this liquid love showed me how much God loved me and that I was his loan, his, his beloved son. And it changed my life forever. Even when we resist, the Holy Spirit knows how to break it down, break our will, and all of a sudden allow grace to happen. Well, after that experience, I hooked up with Ron Ross. You know, my parents introduced me to him and he would do maybe month, not monthly, but um, seasonal retreats. And so I signed up for one. And I remember going, oh, I want to go on retreat because the last one I went to, I actually got to experience God in his fullness. And I, one of the guys on the retreat, I seen Christ's eyes through him. Like nobody else is like, all of a sudden I looked and it's like, there's Christ. There's the love of Christ. It's within him, but it's beaming out of his eyes. So my intention was to go to this retreat and I wanted to find that one person that would be the light of God. And so I was kind of, set up so to speak and i remember i've always been had devotion and at this retreat center it had candles that you could light or you could buy and then take home for your own altars so i remember going there and i wanted to buy a candle and it was by donation so i thought i think i'll get three of them and this was back in the 80s and i thought five dollars would be enough and i said holy spirit what do you want me to give <laughs> and i heard twenty dollars like what $20. Remember, I told the story about it. I only had $5 per week if I shoveled the, the driveways. So it's like I had a 20 in my wallet, but I wasn't going to give up that. So I decided to put that $5 in and take my candles and go back to my room. As soon as I got to my room, I go, 
Should I say $5? No! <laughs> I was so filled with guilt that it, I was. I ran back, put the five, took my $5 out, <laughs> put the $20 in. And I felt at least the guilt went away. But during this retreat, God didn't show up the way he did the last time. And actually, I was very disappointed. And I, I remember the retreat ended. And it's like, we're all packing up with our suitcases. And I decided to be the good one that I would hold the door open for people as they take their suitcases out. And towards the end, this one gentleman just said, well, thank you. And when he looked at me, the eyes of Christ was there. And it's like, I just started bawling like I am now. <laughs> and Christ is faithful. If we seek him, he will come near. He's always near. He, we just need to take that veil off our expectations, our ego base. I want, I want, I want and just plant seeds of the goodness of God. Well, that really did change my experience of God is faithful, even maybe it's not my timing, but it's his timing. And if we really take a hold of that, there really is a, an understanding of who God is. I wanna share one more story, one revival. I always loved revival. I mean, I had a passion, I seen it on TV. I went to a couple with my parents when I was quote, born again. And the idea was to allow grace to just expand what we were. And so after Ron Roth passed away, I was in this cologne room, you know, I was a little depressed, oppressed, depressed. And I heard about this revival. So I thought, well, I'll just sit in there. So it went on every day. And so I probably went three, four times a week to this place, which is about an hour away. And I remember just sitting there and going, God, you've got to come through because I don't feel anything. And eventually it worked. Eventually it took, because every time they had an altar call, I was there. And I go, there he goes again. There's, it wasn't the Padre at the time. <laughs> There's Paul going up there again. And I'd be on the floor and I'd be bawling. I mean, it was just one of those cleansing times that I had. And I remember that an instructor who came from Canada, one of the presenters, and he gave this marvelous message. And I was so moved by what he taught, what the Holy Spirit came through. And during the revival, they always take up a collection. And it's, I'm more than willing because I know about blessing. I know about giving. And so they ask, well, don't give grudgingly. Give with your heart. But ask the Holy Spirit, what should you give? And I remember the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, give $5,000. Like, what? <laughs> I never gave $5,000 before in my life. And did I have that to give? But I had my credit card and it's like, I took a deep breath, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit because it wasn't my idea. And so I filled out the credit card and send it in. Well, what you don't know, and actually what the pastor of the church didn't know is I've always had a desire to do mission work. That was one of the things because my parents would, my dad would buy old farm equipment and save it up during the summertime and then the Knights of Columbus would send it to Africa for, to bless the poor there. And so he was always in a position of giving. So that thought of missions was always in my heart. And after the, that exact service, the, actually the pastor came up to me and he goes, I just heard from the Holy Spirit. He says, I, I think you're supposed to be going on the mission with me to go to the Philippines. I go, oh my God. Yes, I said. I'll go. Now, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it, how it's going, but I just knew this must be my opportunity. So I shared this on a teleclass 
one of those evenings with Celebrating Life. And one of them who were listening in got inspired by the Holy Spirit and said, she just sold her house and she heard the Holy Spirit said, well, bless Padre and bless Celebrating Life Ministries. So she called them and said, well, I had this crazy idea and blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, I'll receive it. She didn't say what or how that was, but I know how to receive also now. It came in the mail. And so she had a check and this check was for $7,000 for Celebrating Life. I said, oh my God. Then I went back to, I gave $5,000 in that offering. Now God is starting to multiply it. And then the next check was for me. And it was another $7,000. Oh my God. So I had the money to go to the Philippines. God provided everything and more over and abundant. Multiply this, the gift that I gave. So tithing, so offerings are so important. When you hear the voice of the Lord, obey it. And it will be an outstanding opportunity for you to grow in. And that was, you know, I have a lot of those stories, but I'm a true believer in planting seeds. So your harvest can be multiplied more than what you could do on your own. So I'm going to go back to Rick and Angelica. I'm going to ask you a question and I'll start with Rick. Have you ever had an encounter experience that related to being forgiven or asking for forgiveness that would maybe multiply, multiply your, the goodness in your life? Well, when you shared that question, so I got to ponder it some before this evening, I got stuck. And I really sat with it. And my first answer was no. And I went, really? I've never really asked for forgiveness. And... At some level, I think that's an important message for me for a next step. And I will let that resonate with me and see where that goes. But I was sharing this with, I was sharing this, I'm sorry. That's a very honest answer, my friend. Thank you. Then I was sharing this with Virginia and she said, well, actually you have, and we got to talk about it. and, and, And I do want to share that I have had that experience in, in the, the Jewish tradition of celebrating Yom Kippur. When I say celebrating, it's not a holiday you celebrate. It's a holiday you, you live through. You, the, the Rosh Hashanah is 10 days before it's the new year. And the, the tradition is that on Rosh Hashanah, your fate for the coming year is written. And you have the next 10 days to make right your relationship with others. And on Yom Kippur, you face God. And you're accountable to God. And you ask for forgiveness for your sins from God. Mm -hmm. And I I never, you know, I grew up not, with that not being how I practiced. And my, my family never went to to the temple, but when I found my way there and through the path that my life has taken, I had the opportunity to do a Yom Kippur retreat with Rabbi Zalman Schacht, who was just this extraordinary founder of the Jewish renewal movement, a Hasidic rabbi and a Sufi initiate and, and just this amazing spiritual being. And it was my first time of encountering what Yom Kippur could be. And Kol Nidre is the song that is sung the, the, the night 
that Yom Kippur begins. And what, it, what the words mean are, if I have done everything I could and I still fail, I ask your forgiveness, God. Mm. It is this mournful, I've done my best, I stand before you. There is, it is an awe-filled holiday to come before God, own all of your failings, ask for God's forgiveness. And when I was on the retreat with, with, with Rabbi Zalman Shachter, he said, we have more work to do. We have more. I didn't understand what he meant by work. And by the afternoon of Yom Kippur, we were, we were doing prayers. And now he said, not only are we asking forgiveness, we must forgive. Mm. And, and he took us all the way to forgiving the soldiers of the Nazis. And that is our work to forgive them. If we are asking God to forgive us, we must forgive them. And that's when I tasted for the first time what this work was about. And so when you posed the question, I was like, oh, I got to go back to that. And, and it's an invitation. So thank you, Padre. You're welcome. That's an extraordinary sharing, being remembrance. And again, most of the time, it's usually someone needs to help us through that process because we've never experienced it before, but there it is. And it offers us that double blessing when it does happen because they get blessed, we get blessed. So beautifully said, Rick. Appreciate that. How about you, Angelica? Yeah, I had, when I was 24 and a half after finishing university, I moved to Alaska. And it was a real hard, heartache for my parents. For them, it was like I was moving to the moon and there was a cell phone. I lived in the wilderness and there was a cell phone 12 miles away out of the mountains on a dirt road. And it was often snowed in and I would have to get a hundred quarters to put into a into a phone booth in Palmer, Alaska, with frozen hands, trying to keep up with the call. And so I... I felt always kind of this pain that I caused my parents for moving away and not being able to be in touch. So one day I had a divine, definitely a divine inspiration. And I called my family and my dad answered the phone and I said, I have tickets. It wasn't true. I didn't have the tickets yet. But I said, I have tickets for you to come to Alaska. I want you to come visit me. And there was silence on the other end. And my mom came on the phone. She goes, what, what's going on? What's going on? He's crying. <laughs> and it turned out he was crying for joy. And so they actually, I bought the tickets after I knew they would come and they came and we had an adventure like it wouldn't, it was out of this world. We saw the bald eagles in the rivers of the salmon run and we, we climbed mountains and we took the ferry from Seattle to throughout British Columbia and up, up, we, we went horseback riding in British Columbia. We had the most incredible adventures and my parents got along. They usually didn't get, get along so well, but on that trip, because everything was provided for and arranged, they just had, they were like kids and they had the time of their lives and I along with them. 
And so, and they even helped me was, I was building myself a cabin and it wasn't finished. So we had to stay in a camper and they even helped with the house and they were laughing mm. about this stick house with paper siding, you know, <laughs> in, in Germany, they built houses with big stones. Oh, yes. But it was the most beautiful journey with them. And it kept giving throughout our lives. You know, we bonded in a way that we never could before. And they just, oh, they also got to go commercial fishing on the fishing boat that I was working at. And we, we had bears literally chasing after us in the forest. It, it was just amazing. It was really <laughs> such an adventure. And they, uh, they didn't have the same kind of heartache after that. Mm. And I knew I had given through, through the divine grace that came we gave my parents a gift of a lifetime. Wow, what a beautiful gift you gave them. And there's that thing about feeling guilty and it's like, I could Mm -hmm. give them this gift. There's forgiveness there. And for them to receive it, number one, and then have such a spectacular time. Wow, that's, there's that crazy Angelica. I build in a cabin, it's like, oh my God. It's like going in the forest with bears. Wow, you're yeah, watch, watch out. If you hang out with me, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one, <laughs> but I enjoyed it too, of course. <laughs> the reason why I bring up the whole thing about forgiveness, and part of that is forgiveness. It's a key to multiplying your harvest. And, and we can all say, like, well, I don't know if I want to forgive or I have anything to forgive. Once you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to do her work, we realize there are little pockets that we still have not let go of. And, but it's a great seed that will multiply and multiply and multiply. So if you want to get your communion elements also, like holy water on my skin. You know, how appropriate that. Can you feel a little revival spirit happening? It's that stirring of the spirit. I look back on the rival revivals that I've been through and there's a lot of excitement there's a lot of joy but they also get the body moving and from that movement that opening it breaks us open for the more and as like holy water on our skin forgiveness is the key and as we enter into communion which I already have the 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 bread the wine that for each of us to partake in but it always says don't come to the altar unless you're forgiven. So even in this holy moment that we're enjoying right now, let's just ponder. Maybe someone, maybe our attitude was a little off this week or someone else was towards us. So let's just offer that up right now to God. Maybe maybe we just allow just the grace now to take a hold of us. Let us be in remembrance of a holy God who says, I love you. I've created you. And the one thing we can give back to God is ourselves, our lives, our purpose. Place it on the altar. And for those who have offended us, or if we have offended someone, let's put that also on the altar right now. Because it's the key to the multiplication. Because the more we are broken and emptied, the more God can fill. But if you want to hold on to your grudges, that's your business. But God says, let me open our hearts to the more. And allow that grace now to manifest in as it. So Lord, I just ask my forgiveness for those I've spoken negatively about. Even in the, the, the election coming up, 
the, those that are opposed to what I think is right or wrong. Forgive me. Forgive us. And allow your grace. And I receive your blessing on them and us and myself. I bless our community. I bless each of you as you hold the elements in your hand. I want to ask Reverend Angelica if she would offer the prayer for the wine and the host, excuse me. Om Purnamadaha, Purnamidam, Purnat Purnamadutchate, Purnasya, Purnamadaya, Purnameva Avashishyate. Om Brahma Parnam, Brahma Havir, Brahmagnao Brahmanahutam, Brahmena Tena Kantapyam, Brahma Karma Samatinam. From you, Lord, comes the whole and perfect. And when we take a piece of the whole and perfect, the whole and perfect still remains whole and perfect, and the part also is whole and perfect, meaning that your source can never be diminished. Thank you. The breaking of the bread, like Angelica just mentioned, that as a whole, but it's still a whole, even when it's separated, where it's the next seed for the next harvest. So as we partake in breaking of the bread and allowing grace and then pass it to others, including ourselves. We receive the abundant harvest that's already been created for us. So receive this divine light. I've asked my brother Rick if he would bless the wine. In the traditional Hebrew blessing. Adonai, Eloheinu melech olam, borei pri hagafen. Amen. Blessed art thou, sovereign of the universe, who has blessed us with the fruit of the vine. Amen. Amen. As we allow that divine grace the divine connection of life pouring through us as the creator, the Ruahu the of God, the breath of God, now can and allow the Holy of Holies to enter in. Purified our heart, our temple, and now we allow the Holy of Holies to enter. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring your healing presence. Bring the the love of the creator into our homes, into our workplace, into our bodies, for it is a holy sacrifice of praise. Let forgiveness be like holy water on our skin. Let the angelic realm now begin to touch areas of our life for healing, for healing and reconciliation. Come forth, Holy Spirit, I really sense the Holy Spirit's work among us. We have a community member, Thomas, who needs help. 
physically help. So we're just going to allow the grace of God. I have a special friend who's gone through a crisis. We just bless that person. And many of you have, whether it's family members in the hospital or sick at home, those with coronavirus or those in the hospital suffering from that. We just pray that the uh, all-consuming creator, the God Almighty, uh, ushers in a new health, new healing. And I speak directly to the immune systems of these bodies. Heal, restore, heal, restore. Some of you, because of the fall happening, there's a transition happening in the weather. And sometimes our body gets caught up in the infections. So I just break that curse over you in the name of Yeshua and allow divine grace, a divine covering that you'll stay healthy and whole throughout this winter season. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for healing cancer. I decree, I bind that spirit of cancer in the name of Yeshua for your glorious consuming fire now. For stress, for depression, I break its hold now through the divine name of Yeshua. Somebody with teeth, the mouth and the teeth, just allow grace now to penetrate and heal and restore all the affected areas. Dizziness and irregular heartbeat or rhythm. Bring it back into order, Lord. Just bring it back into order. Divine grace, divine stillness. I just break the spirit of infection and Anyone who has a call it incurable disease or is praying for a miracle, I just decree now the love of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, all consuming fire now, just come. Just burn away all that separates us from that divine light and allow grace now to penetrate, heal, restore, especially in the immune system. And I keep getting into thyroid, come, Holy Spirit, heal and restore eyes. Be strong, be healthy, be whole, be clear. I declare healing in the name of Yeshua. And last week I talked about for those who were be the next to pass on. And I heard from two people who passed on, maybe not on the call, but friends of. Donnie was one of them. So we're just going to pray for the next person who's going to transition this week that we might know of, or maybe it'll be ourselves, that we're just going to prepare the way. Forgiveness is such a powerful tool. That opens up all about the abundance of grace, heaven here on earth. So we just pray now for that soul to prepare the way of the Lord. We just bless them. We bless them with new life, new breath, letting go of the old, the uh, unforgiveness. And we break that hold in the name of Yeshua and allow that spirit to rise and be transcendent into glorious light. Thank you, God, for your healing presence in this community. May it be a doorway, a doorway for those who enter to that sacred space. I pray for those who couldn't be on the call, but once they're listening to it now, that penetrating love is just all-consuming. Thank you, God, for your living presence. Come forth, Holy Spirit. So, Angelica, do you have any closing prayers or a thought on blessing? Yes, you are my mother. You sustain me with your love and grace. I remember who I am. You are my father, raising my consciousness. With your guidance, I learn to be divine. You are my best friend, my eternal companion, always with me. You are wisdom, abundance, everything I have. It comes from you, heart of my heart, soul of my soul, 
You are ever to me. My brother Rick, you have a closing prayer? Oh, dearest God, here's my heart. Here's my heart, Lord. You know my heart. You know the heart of each of us. We pray for each on this session this evening, for all those our lives touch, for all of our nation, for all humanity on our planet. We pray knowing your love, experiencing your love, feeling your love, accepting your love, and awakening into your love. Always, always, always there with us that we awaken to it, we allow it to fill us, and we allow and say yes to living your love. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give, that's beautiful, Rick. I'm going to give a closing prayer. Then we're going to end with Angelica, close with a song, just to close us out. But again, I want to thank everyone, Angelica, Rick, for being these beautiful presentations to support throughout these three weeks. Each of you who have tuned in this month, thank you for Brian, for Mary Kay, for Miriam, for your support. And each of you who tuned in this month, you are a blessing to us all. So may the good Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and grant you shalom, his peace. And I bless you in my tradition, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So be it. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Padre. I would like to just share this quote by Jiri Zandi. We are asked over and over to offer our empty hands, to let the things we are gripping drop, to give up everything that does not exist in this vibrating moment, hand over all that has happened, all that might happen, every sweet dream we cling to. This is God's loving strip search. Give it all over. Something else wants to live you. Beautiful. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Shema Israel, Israel, oh.
May your harvest be multiple. Thank you for joining in and celebrate God. Namaste, everyone. Be well. Love you all. Thank you.